0: Hello, my name is Kate Chesterman. I'm a GP in South Norfolk and I also co-host the GP Notebook Education Study Groups. Welcome to this season of GP Notebook Podcasts, where we present bite-sized topics aimed at all those working in primary care. You can follow me on Twitter at ChestermanKate for more information about our new podcasts as they become available. And you can also visit www gpnotebookeducation.com to learn more about our upcoming GP Notebook study groups and you can also download free resources such as our series of shortcuts. So welcome to this next edition of the GP Notebook podcast where today I'm going to talk about urinary symptoms in pregnancy and I thought we would start with a typical case that we might encounter in primary care. Lauren is a 32-year-old patient who is 30 weeks into her first pregnancy. The pregnancy has been progressing well and is considered to be low risk. For the last few days, she has been experiencing increased frequency of urination, dysuria and some lower abdominal discomfort. She has not had a high temperature and has not reported any hematuria or loin pain. She is happy that the baby is moving well. So what will you do next? Would you dipstick her urine and if it's positive, send an MSU and start treatment? Would you commence antibiotics immediately based on her symptoms alone? And if you are starting antibiotics, which would you prescribe? Would you send an MSU and wait for the results before deciding on whether to treat and to guide your antibiotic choice? Or are you more concerned about these symptoms? And would you discuss with your obstetric colleagues in secondary care? So we're going to go on to discuss the causes of urinary symptoms in pregnancy and the rationale behind the current guidance on treatment. And our key resources for this podcast are a BMJ Practice Pointer article on the primary care assessment and management of common physical symptoms in pregnancy, and this was published in August 2020, as well as a nice CKS topic that was revised very recently in June 2021. So we know urinary symptoms are very common in pregnancy, and studies show that up to 91% of women experience increased frequency, 63% experience urgency, And 79% report nocturia. Now these changes can be physiological. And this is because as the pregnancy progresses, the plasma volume increases. And there is also an increased pressure effect of the growing uterus on the bladder. But as well as pregnant physiology, there are a couple of other obstetric causes for urinary symptoms. And these are both more concerning. So acute fatty liver disease of pregnancy can present with polyuria and acute kidney disease in pregnancy can result in reduced urine output as well as peripheral edema and a raised creatinine. In terms of non-obstetric causes of urinary symptoms, patients can simply have an asymptomatic bacteria which is picked up on screening. They may have acute cystitis with frequency, urgency, nocturia, dysuria and fever or an acute pyelonephritis that would present in a similar way but with the addition of lumbar or flank pain. And finally, we would want to consider sepsis. If the patient presented with a reduced urine output, tachycardia, hypotension, tachypnea, maybe an altered mental state, or an ashen or mottled appearance. And while we're mentioning sepsis, it is worth remembering that reference ranges for maternal vital signs in pregnancy are slightly different from those in the non pregnant population. And this is particularly worth being aware of when assessing acutely unwell pregnant patients. There are some excellent graphs showing these changes in reference ranges in the BMJ article that I referenced. And it would be worth taking a moment to familiarise yourself with these when you have a free moment. Now, I mentioned before about pregnant physiology. And the other important change to be aware of is a physiological dilatation of the upper renal tract. And this is important because it increases the chance of pyelonephritis. And pyelonephritis in pregnancy is associated with an increased risk of preterm labour and low birth weight infants. And it is one of the main reasons why we screen so thoroughly for urine infections in pregnancy and treat them aggressively when we find them. So that leads me on to the management of urinary symptoms. And the guidance advises that we should start empirical antibiotics in all pregnant women with urinary symptoms, regardless of the dipstick result, and in all pregnant women with an incidental finding of asymptomatic bacteria. Now, it's been shown that longer courses of antibiotics confer better cure rates and also reduce the risk of pyelonephritis And so NICE recommends that we treat with a seven-day course of nitrofurantoin as our first-line option. But it is worth considering previous urine cultures, previous antibiotic use and local resistance patterns when deciding on your antibiotic choice. And in addition, we should avoid using nitrofurantoin at term. If nitrofurantoin is not suitable... Or if our patient isn't responding to this treatment after 48 hours, then our second line options are either amoxicillin, if the urine culture confirms susceptibility because there is high resistance to amoxicillin, or kefalexin. And of course, if we have any doubts or concerns, then a phone call to our microbiology colleagues and a discussion about the most appropriate antibiotics is a sensible option. Now, trimethoprim is an alternative option, but this is not one that we should be using in the first trimester. Now, we should also be sending a midstream urine sample for culture and sensitivities in all women with urinary symptoms and asymptomatic bacteria. And this should be collected before antibiotics are taken. But remember we shouldn't wait for the result but should be starting empirical treatment as soon as we have that sample in a pot. And we may then need to adjust our antibiotic choice a couple of days later depending on the MSU result. And NICE also advises that we should be sending a repeat sample once treatment is completed to ensure that the infection has cleared. So for much of the time Urinary symptoms and acute cystitis can be managed in primary care. But we would want to be involving our colleagues in secondary care if our patient wasn't responding to treatment or if the symptoms were recurrent. And the NICE guidance also advises seeking urgent specialist advice on pregnant women with a catheter-associated UTI if the culture reveals an atypical bacteria. And in those with an underlying structural or functional abnormality or comorbidity which would increase the risk of complications or treatment failure. And clearly if there was any suspicion of malignancy or renal failure, then again we would be wanting an urgent specialist opinion. And we would also want to be seeking same-day admission if there were red flags present. And our red flags for urinary symptoms would include severe abdominal or loin pain, a rigid or tender uterus, or uterine irritability or contractions, as well as vomiting, fever, signs of dehydration or sepsis, or if we were concerned about the possibility of pyelonephritis. And finally, if group B streptococcal bacteria is identified, We need to ensure that the antenatal services are made aware, as these patients are going to need intrapartum antibiotic prophylaxis in addition to the acute treatment at the time of diagnosis. So, bringing us back to Lauren. Well, given her urinary symptoms, it should now be clear that we should start empirical antibiotics. And as she is not yet at term, we can prescribe her a seven-day course of nitrofurantoin. She collected a sample prior to starting the antibiotics which we sent for an MSU and a couple of days later this confirmed an E. coli UTI that was sensitive to the nitrofurantoin so she was able to continue with the prescribed course. Her symptoms happily resolved quickly with this treatment and a follow-up MSU confirmed resolution of the infection. So thank you for listening and I hope that this has been helpful. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcasts, which are available on all major platforms, and feel free to get in touch via social media or email me at kchesterman at gpnotebook.com if you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future podcasts. And do visit us at www.gpnotebookeducation.com to find out more about our planned study groups and to download free resources.